evening. Today is June 6, 2018, and this is the 53rd MRE podcast. Uh, for those who are joining um, on this beautiful Wednesday night, welcome. It is 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. And today is a day. Today is a day that we're going to be diving into the book of Revelation. And I think uh, for the sake of time, I'm actually going to hoping to get to the middle part of book of Revelation and then finish book of Revelation this coming Friday. So then next week we can start fresh into diving into the Old Testament. So, but with that... um, I do want to confess that, you know, today I actually wanted to skip live streaming. Um, I think for various reasons, but one thing, one reason was just feeling a little stress about summer classes and the exam that I have tomorrow and paper that I'm finishing right now. And I think that's when I realized that, you know what? I need the word of God more than ever. I do need to read, um, and let it be a a minister the word of god be a minister to my soul to my heart and so um i'm sure some of you guys can relate that there are times where you're so busy that you could put aside reading scripture or a devotional time but just when i encourage you don't do that uh press on and i promise you there it's gonna be worth it it's gonna be really good so with that said, let me pray for us and let's dive into today's text uh, with Bible Project um, commentary. Okay? All right. Let me pray for us. God, we're so thankful for your word again. We thank you that your word is living and active and it's there to strengthen us, encourage us, especially when we are weary, when we're tired, when we uh, feel like we're getting lost in the things of, uh, to do. And, and God, this is when we need your word the most. Uh, I pray that your word will refresh our souls. It will strengthen us physically and help us to, uh, live out your promises and to know you more. So God speak to us, open our minds, pray this in Jesus name. Amen. So there's there's a lot to cover in terms of the commentary. Uh, there are so many various things that you could be reading as you're diving into the book of Revelation. And, you know, one of the ways that um, I think that uh, kind of confuses us is it really depends how you are taking and what position you're standing as you're diving into the book of Revelation. So, um, for instance, maybe you heard of uh, the viewpoints about the millennium. So, millennium is going to come up in chapter 18. Is it 20? Uh, I'm so sorry. I should know that. Either 18 or 20. Uh, When it talks about the thousand kingdom, you know, are you going to take that literally or are you going to take that symbolically or are you going to take it half and half? And depending on what position you're standing, it's going to drastically change your interpretation of this book because this book is full of symbolism, it's full of uh, analogies and metaphors and imageries. And so I just want to I just want to kind of warn those uh, who might be picking up even um, a commentary to know the background of that author. And that's going to drastically help you uh, understand in different ways. Okay. And I think that's the, again, that's the beauty of the body of Christ, right? Um, uh, We're still figuring it out. We're still uh, learning it. Now does the main purpose and point of the book changes i absolutely don't think so i think it's clear that jesus is coming again uh that jesus is coming as a king and as a judge and he will wipe away all the tears and he will um put an end to everything so uh that's the main point of the second coming of christ does not change 
Mungubariki, Habari, hello. I don't know what Habari is, but so glad you're joining us. I'm glad that you chatted. Wait, how, how do I do this? Oh, right there. Right there, see? <laughs> this is actually You chat. Okay. Well, um, Bible Project, when I took a glance at it, I think they're taking an approach uh, of similar to Ah Millennials. So kind of seeing a lot of the literary, struc liter literary structure of parallelism and that many of it is symbolism, actually. So that even the Thousand Kingdom is actually happening right now after the first coming of Christ and that um, his kingdom has been advancing and some of the tribulation and things uh, are symbolism that's happening. So um, as I read this, you're going to hear some of that. So what I'm going to do, because I know I'm not going to get through the whole book of Revelation, uh, chapter, chapters 11, all the way up there. Um, oh, no, chapter 20, right? It ends in chapter 22. I'm going to read some of it, um, especially chapters 1 and 3. And because that's where we're going to dive into today. So, okay. In the opening paragraph, the author identifies himself as John, which could refer to the author of the gospel and letters of John. Or it could be another leader in the early church named John. There's always a speculation uh, because we cannot be 100% sure if they wrote it. Chapters 1 through 3, uh, whichever John it was, he makes it clear in the opening paragraph that this book is a revelation. The Greek word used here is apoklepsis, uh, which refers to a type of literature found in the Hebrew scripture uh, and in other popular Jewish texts. Jewish apocalypse recounted a prophet's symbolic visions that revealed God's heavenly perspective on history so that the present could be viewed in light of history's final outcome. These texts also constantly use symbolic imagery and numbers not to confuse but to communicate. Almost all the imagery is drawn from the Old Testament and he expects his readers to discover what it all means by looking up the text that he alludes to. John says that this apocalypse is a prophecy, quote-unquote, a word from God spoken through a prophet to God's people, usually to comfort or challenge them. This apocalyptic prophecy was sent to uh, real, real people that John knew. The book opens and closes as a circular letter which was sent to seven churches in the ancient Rome province of Asia. The fact that the revelation is a letter means that John is actually addressing these first century churches. While this book has a lot to say uh, to Christians of latter or later generations, its meaning must first be anchored in the historical context of John's time and place. John says he was exiled on the island of Patmos where he saw a vision of the risen Jesus standing among seven burning lights. The image adopted from Zechariah 4 is a symbol of seven local churches in Asia Minor. Jesus then addresses the specific problems facing each church. Some are apathetic due to wealth and affluence, while others were normally uh, uh, others were morally compromised, but there were others who remained faithful to Jesus and were suffering harassment and persecution. Jesus warned them that a tribulation was upon the churches that will force them to choose between compromise or faithfulness. By John's day, the murder of Christians by the Roman Emperor Nero had passed and the persecution by Emperor Domitian was likely underway. Jesus calls the churches to faithfulness by which they will conquer and receive a reward in the final marriage of heaven and earth. 
In this way, the opening section sets up the main plot tension throughout the book. Will Jesus' people conquer and inherit the new world that God has in store? But why is faithfulness to Jesus described as conquering? The rest of the book is John's answer. Ooh, that's exciting. Um, and that's that's what we're going to see in the first half of the book. So we're going to read up to chapter 11 today. Um, as I believe it's going to be exactly f- about 45 minutes. But we'll see. It might be slower than that. But... Um, like before, I'm going to do my best to focus on reading the text. But if there's something that comes up, something that seems confusing or interesting or whatever, or even even you have questions, I want you to use the chat. I know the chat seems scary because it's being recorded, but don't be scared. Use the chat um, and say something and say like, who is the author of the book of Revelation? Like that. And I will say, it's John. Um, and I think it's uh, John, the whom Jesus loved. Okay. Revelation. Chapter 1. Introduction and the seven churches. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us, has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him by glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard him I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Samirina, to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace and his voice was like the roar of many waters in his right hand he held seven stars from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword his face was like the sun shining in full strength when i saw him i fell at his feet as though i dead as though dead but he laid his right hand on me saying fear not I am the first and the last, the living one. 
I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands, I know your works. You toil, your patient endurance, how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. I want to pause here and say one thing. Um, I've, I heard this uh, earlier in the morning yesterday, driving up to school. And uh, uh, a phrase from this section really stood out. You know, I've heard about, oh, you have lost the first love and things like that. But when I was listening to this word, uh, this phrase really stood out. It says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent. And then it says, after you repent, it says, do the works you did at first. And so it's talking about when, when they had the first love, uh, when they first loved God, when they first accepted, excuse me, the good news of Jesus Christ, um, it overflowed into the first deeds, kind of the works that they were doing. Again, not to earn God's love, but really out of the first love that they were feeling. And so I thought about that. I thought about that even for myself. I remember when I accepted Christ, um, I mean, mine was a little more kind of, gradual it wasn't like one night everything changed uh, 180 my life because i grew up in the christian home but i still remember when his love hit me so hard and i fell in love there were these deeds the first actions that i was doing uh out of just that pure love or even think about like when you fell first for uh fell in love with someone right uh, there's all these actions that follow not out of grudgingly doing, but it's really out of this like love for that person. And I'm, I'm even reminiscing about, you know, when I was pursuing my wife, uh, before we got married, you know, even things like that, there were things that I was doing that now I think about it. It's like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that's, uh, my point is, how is our works now uh, reflecting the love of Christ, just as we, when we first fell in love? So I just thought about that. Uh, I want to share that with you guys. Going on to uh, the words to the church in Smyrna, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation." In your poverty, but you are rich, and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are, are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. 
Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hunt, hurt, not hunt, will not be hurt by the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamum, write the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast to my name. And you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold the teaching of Nicolaitans. Um, therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. And to the angel of the church in Thyatria, write the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patience, patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed, exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Zezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent on her, of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works, but to the rest of you in uh, Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers the and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. As when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as myself have received authority from the Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church in Sardis. Excuse me, sorry. The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete uh, in the sight of my God. Remember then, uh, remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the books of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hmm. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, The words of the Holy One and True One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of those synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I'll write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. With that, you were either cold or hot. Because, uh, so, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I'm rich, I'm prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you're wretched, wretched, pitiful, pitiful? No. Pitiable? That's a word, pitiable. Pitiable, poor, blind, naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you may clothe yourself and sh the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. Uh, salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love. I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and be with him. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered the set and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Wow. Um, man, you know, all those passages about... Uh, the angels and what John is addressing to the churches. Every single one of them are so applicable to all of us. I think all of us can take something from each warnings and each kind of exaltation to, to remind us of, man, yeah, we do, we do need uh, God's grace and his reminder of ways that we have forsaken him. Uh, in such a specific way. So that's that's really good. That's really good. Um, I want to make sure that, because I realize that I don't have any chapter markings. So let me just take a quick peek at where I'm at. Okay, it looks like... Got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. So now we're going to be entering to a section that is full of symbolism and full of things here. Um, how are you guys doing? Are you guys keeping keeping up with what I'm reading? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been, we're only about 20 minutes into this. And hopefully this has been really, really good so far. Okay. The title uh, in ESV Reader's Bible, it says, Cosmic Conflict Under Christ's Rule. After this, I looked, and behold, 
a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, which one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones. And seated on the thrones were twenty-four elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was as it were a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature, like a lion. The second living creature, like an ox. The third living creature was with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature, like an eagle in flight. Just, can you imagine this? Like, your mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings and full of eyes, are all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne, worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. By your will they existed and were created. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals. And no one, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll. Or to look into it. And I began to weep. I began to weep loudly. Because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David. Has conquered. And so that he can open the scroll. And it's seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns, with seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God sent out in all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll and the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp, a golden bowls full of incense, which which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed your people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying a loud voice worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and i heard every creatures in heaven and on earth under the earth in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing 
and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals. I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him. He came out conquering to conquer. When he opened the second sealed, or seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that people should slay one another. <laughs> and... He was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard a third living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a black horse. And its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures, saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the four living creatures say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse. Its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over the fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with famine, with pestilence, and by wild beasts of the earth. When, I, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the witness they have borne. They cried out loud with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed and they themselves had been when he opened the sixth seal i looked and behold there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth the full moon became blood and the stars of the sky fell on the earth as a fig tree sheets its winter fruit when shaken by a gale the sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come. And who can stand? After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and see and saying do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our god on their foreheads and i heard the number of the sealed 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of israel 12,000 from the tribe of judah were sealed 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, Manasseh, Manasseh? Sounds kind of weird, I'm sorry. Manasseh? 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 I'm sorry. 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Essachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes 
and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders, the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from where they have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you know. He said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor there any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to the springs of living water. Ooh, living water, springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, oh, I was actually wondering when the seventh seal was going to be opened. So I'm glad it says right here. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. That's a long time. Just silence. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayer of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. The angel took the censer and filled it with the fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder and rumbling flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood and there were thrown upon the earth and a third of the earth was burned up and a third of the trees were burned up and all green grass was burned up. The second angel blew his trumpet and the something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died and the third of the ships were destroyed. A lot of imagery here. The third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch. It fell on the third of the rivers uh, on the springs of the water. Name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. The fourth angel blew his trumpet and the third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that the third of their light might be darkened and the third of the day might be kept from shining, likewise a third of the night. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead, Woe, woe. Woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. That's never a good sign when, when it starts to say woe. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet. And I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and their air and the air was darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts uh, uh, on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. 
and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. Ooh. I don't know how quite literally you take that. The torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. That sounds painful. And in those days, people would seek death and would not find it. They will, they will long to die, but death will flee from them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their hands were what looked like crown of gold, their face like human faces, their hair like woman's hair, and their teeth like a lion's teeth, and they had breast, breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. Wow, these locusts are kind of jacked up. They have tails and stings like scorpions and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails they have as king over them the angel of bottomless pit his name in hebrew is abaddon and in greek his name is called apollyon the first woe has passed behold Two woes are still to come. Oh, that was just one woe. Okay, two more two more trumpets has to be blown. Man, this is this is really fascinating. I don't know about you guys, but this is really fascinating. I've never read straight through in the book of Revelation. Oh man, I gotta stop in twelve minutes, but I wanna just finish it. Um But yeah, but you know, we got part two. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, and the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number, and this is how I saw the horses in my vision. And those who rode them, they, were, uh, they wore bre uh, breastplates, the color of fire, of sapphire, of sulfur, and the heads of the horses were like lion's heads, and, the f and fire and smoke and uh, sulfur came out of their mouths by, by these three plagues. A third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents which, uh, with heads and by means of them they, they uh, wound. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands nor give up worship demons and idols of gold silver and bronze and stone and wood which cannot see or hear or walk nor they uh, did they repent of their murders of their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts then i saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head and his face was like the sun and his legs like a pillars of fire he had a little squirrel open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. When he came out, the seven thunders sounded, and when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven, what is in it, the earth, what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. And there would be no more delay, but that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God will be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Oh, okay. So the seventh trumpet has not been blown uh, yet in this story here. Then the voice that I heard, I had heard from heaven spoke to me again saying, 
go take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. <laughs> I like that it says it's a little, you know, it was not like the big ones that the other angels are doing. The little scroll for John. And he said to him, I said to me, take and eat it. Eh? It will make your stomach bitter, but in your stomach, it will be sweet as honey. Uh, in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten in my uh, it, eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff. And I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But do not measure the count outside the temple. Leave that out. For it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. And I'll grant authority to my two witnesses, and they'll prophesy for 1,260 days and clothed in sackcloth. Oh, there's a little fly in here. Um, there, there are two olive trees and two lampstands that uh, stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have the power to shut down the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to uh, turn them into blood and strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets has been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. But after the three and a half days of breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies watched them. And at that hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to God of heaven. The second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. Wow, now we're at the third woe. Um, the last, probably the last judgment. This is, then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. Here we go. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was. And for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time of the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants and prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen with his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunders, and, and earthquake, and heavy hail. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and, and the agony of giving birth. Another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, on his head seven uh, diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nation with a rod of her iron. But her child was caught up 
to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared for God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Well, we know this is referring to Jesus, uh, the birth of Jesus. This is a story of Christmas right here. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the, ang- for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God, and they have conquered him by the blood of lamb, by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short and when the red when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child but the woman was given to the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness <gasps> this is where lord of the rings uh J.R. tolkien takes the eagles reference huh i mean we know the eagles like from the psalms too but Hmm. To the place where she's been nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth, swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman, went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to stop right there. I think that's chapter, end of chapter 11. What a book! What a book. Oh, that was kind of loud. I'm sorry. What a book. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm just blown away. Um, not only it's it's crazy um, in a good way, in a good way. But I, I'm just, I want to go back and even study some of those passages. Um, some of those verses that seems hard to understand but i know uh there are intricate meanings behind each and even that story of a child being born in the dragon like that that is the christmas story and at our church actually for one of the advent we used that passage and it was it was amazing to see what was happening in the cosmic world excuse me and what yeah, what uh, the significance of Jesus's birth and yeah, the salvation we have because of him. But uh, thank you so much for joining. For those who are joining live stream, for those who are listening afterwards, I hope you're blessed. I hope you are as excited I am to finish this book. We will finish this. Uh, just two quick things that I'm taking away from reading the book of Revelation. Number one all the warnings and uh, John's uh, writing about the warnings that Jesus is giving to the churches, the seven churches. Wonderful reminder of to check our hearts as well for us. Second thing is just my anticipation for Jesus's second coming and anticipation of his judging and worship and him opening the scroll for the angels to blow the trumpets and the progression of his kingdom. I'm really excited, genuinely excited. And I can't wait to finish the book because I know it's gonna talk about the last of things. It's gonna talk about the end. And I think that's where we can hope 
um, we can put so much hope in that because there's going to be a judgment. Lord's people will be vindicated. And there will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. And it's going to be finished. And now the question is, can we be faithful in seeking Jesus and nothing else? So those are my takeaways. That's exactly one hour and one minute. I'm so glad you joined us for this episode of part one of Book of Revelation. I'll see you guys on Friday. And I'm going to be feeling much better on Friday after finishing one class this summer. And then next week, I start my second class. Looking forward to that. But have a wonderful night. Have a wonderful rest of the week. And I will see you guys on Friday. Bye-bye. Ooh.